Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. In this episode, the free world backs President Trump's diplomatic intervention against the socialist regime in Venezuela as the limousine leftist-backed Pink Tide in Latin America recedes amid scandal. The rate of workforce unionization continues to decline as big labor gets more desperate to conscript new members, and the liberal press attacks Catholic school students for defending themselves against a media mob. By now, everyone is familiar with a set of demonstrations at the Lincoln Memorial last week involving students from a Catholic high school in Kentucky, an extremist black nationalist sect, and some Native American activists. After a misleading video of the encounter went viral, the press and left-wingers descended like the Furies on the students, who found themselves in need of reputational defense. That became its own scandal when it emerged that one of the kids' families employed a PR firm with conservative ties to help shape their defense, RunSwitch PR. If you're interested in analysis of the incident, I'd refer you to the work of Reason Magazine's Robbie Sawavi, The Washington Post's Megan McArdle's Twitter, at AsymmetricInfo, and the writing of Caitlin Flanagan of The Atlantic. The press's counter-counter-narrative took shape predictably. NBC News tweeted an opinion article headlined, quote, how the Covington Catholic boys were redeemed by the dark magic of crisis communications, close quote. For those familiar with Twitter, it was cracking a 10 to 1 ratio as of Thursday morning. The article suggested that the student, who had been falsely smeared as a smirking racist chanting racially charged slogans after accosting one of the Native American activists, engaged in dark magic that fed, quote, a media machine desperate to show Trump supporters journalistic fairness, close quote. The author of the piece, Bo Friedlander, is a left-wing PR flack who co-founded a podcast distribution company, Loudtree Media. He is also the former director of communications for left-wing activist publication The Intercept and former editor-in-chief of the now-defunct left-wing talk radio network, Air America. But wait! I was told only evil right-wingers used dark magic PR firms. If you, O journalist, believed that, that, bless your heart, throughout the left-wing infrastructure public relations firms— most prominently SKD Knickerbocker, Fusion GPS, and Berlin Rosen, have driven media coverage of all sorts of public controversies. SKD Knickerbocker, or SKDK, is best known for its involvement in two major pro-abortion rights efforts. The 2012 campaign to promote Sandra Fluke, a pro-abortion rights activist who was called a nasty name by right-wing talk show host Rush Limbaugh and became the poster case for a conservative war on women, and the Planned Parenthood Federation of America's response to undercover video allegations that it was violating federal laws regarding the sale of human tissue. Fusion GPS is best known for its involvement in controversial opposition research efforts into then-candidate Donald Trump in the 2016 general election, which were funded by the DNC through Democratic power lawyer Mark Elias, and it also worked to cast doubt on the Planned Parenthood undercover videos. It also allegedly sought the divorce records of supporters of Mitt Romney during the 2012 election. For what it's worth, SKDK and PPFA flooded the zone during the heat of the Planned Parenthood controversy, claiming the footage supporting the allegations was, quote, deceptively edited, based on a Fusion GPS analysis. Last week, the Fifth United States Circuit Court of Appeals noted in a legal finding that an independent review found, quote, that the video was authentic and not deceptively edited, in a ruling lifting an injunction against an effort by the state of Texas to cut funding to Planned Parenthood. Berlin Rosen, a New York-based PR firm close to big labor and union-allied successor groups to the Acorn Organizing Network, has received millions of dollars from the Service Employees International Union to manage the so-called Fight for 15 unionization campaign. And while the student's PR firm is being vilified for its relations to a former aide to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, the liberal PR megafirms have their own close ties to prominent institutions. SKDK was founded by former Recording Industry Association of America lobbyist, Washington Post columnist, and Huffington Post political director Hillary Rosen, and former acting Obama White House communications director Anita Dunn. 
Fusion GPS was founded by Glenn Simpson, a former reporter for the Wall Street Journal. And Berlin Rosen has very close ties to New York Mayor Bill de Blasio, one of its clients. Co-founder Jonathan Berlin was so close to the mayor that de Blasio tried to have him declared an agent of the city to keep his communications between de Blasio and Rosen secret from state open records laws. Last Friday, the Bureau of Labor Statistics released its annual estimates of union membership and union representation in the American workforce. The numbers show a continuation of a long-term trend. Big labor is in decline, especially in the private sector, where union density, the labor wonk term for the proportion of the workforce that is a union member, tied its all-time low of 6.4%. In total, 10.5% of workers were union members. The decline has been precipitous from the 1950s height of big labor. When the BLS started keeping track in 1983, union density exceeded 20%. Private sector unions have declined as the economy has changed to become more dynamic, and as the unions have been exposed for their historical corruption and their political machination. The response? More political machination. During the Obama administration, when union-aligned Democrats controlled the National Labor Relations Board, the board overturned an estimated 4,500 law years of precedence to make conscripting workers into unions easier. The Labor Board is currently considering overturning an Obama-era rule, which would make it easier for the SCIU to unionize restaurant workers without a secret ballot vote. The unions have staunchly opposed the Labor Board and are encouraging the Obama-era rule to stand. Government workers remain heavily unionized. 33.9% are. That number may fall somewhat in light of the Janus v. Asmi decision holding that mandatory fees for government workers violate the First Amendment. And in our final item, we turn abroad, as civil conflict has erupted in Venezuela, as the country's socialist economy has collapsed into hyperinflation, and its revolutionary socialist government has collapsed into authoritarianism. Viewers of Capital Research Center's video, Communism Will Always Be Violent, will recognize the trend. Now the country's democratically elected National Assembly president, Juan Guaido, has taken the oath of office as acting president of the nation, in response to the fraudulent re-election of socialist dictator Nicolas Maduro. The United States, Canada, and a number of European states have recognized Guaido, while Russia, China, and Iran have supported Maduro. Maduro responded to President Trump recognizing Guaido's traditional government by purporting to break off relations with the United States. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has vowed to continue relations with the recognized Guaido government. Members of the Senate from both parties, most prominently Marco Rubio of Florida on the Republican side and Dick Durbin of Illinois on the Democratic side, have commended the establishment of, re of relations with Guaido's government. American far-leftists, most prominently the Democratic Socialists of America faction of the Democratic Party and the radical activist group Code Pink, have condemned the Trump administration's proactive actions and supported Maduro. What is perhaps more interesting to those with some historical memory is that rather than the recognition of Guaido being a crusade of American dominance against Latin self-government, the majority of Democratic Latin American nations, most prominently Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, and Peru, have also recognized Guaido. Just nine years ago, that would have been unthinkable. That was the peak of the socialist pink tide, under which socialist governments, most prominently Venezuela's under Hugo Chavez, took power throughout South America. Chavez's rise and oil-fueled initial success tantalized a number of leftist activists in the United States and Europe. CRC's Jake Klein has a video on Venezuela's American support, featuring the positive things, among other people, Senator Bernie Sanders, left-wing activist Jesse Jackson, and a number of entertainment industry figures said about Chavez's socialist regime. Oliver Stone, the famous filmmaker, even made a propaganda documentary, South of the Border, touting Chavez and the other pink-tied governments. But behind the Hollywood glamour was the rot that infects all status systems. Economic stagnation hit countries across South America as commodity bubbles burst. And the Aparasal Lavajato, Operation Car Wash, construction bribery scandal, 
completely upended Brazil's political order, sending popular socialist ex-president Lula da Silva to prison and implicating Venezuelan president Maduro in bribe-taking. As this was going on, right-of-center forces started winning elections and forming governments, a development known as the conservative wave. In Brazil and Argentina, pro-American presidents replaced Chavez allies, and in Colombia, a pro-American president replaced a moderate who was negotiating with that country's violent factions of communist narco-terrorists. And so, of all people, President Donald Trump is the one who is now leading a coalition of mostly Latin American free nations to restore democracy to Venezuela. What comes next is hard to predict. The high ranks of the Venezuelan military strongly support Maduro and have tried to violently suppress protests and arrest members of the National Assembly. A confrontation is imminent if the U.S. and other nations recognizing Guaido refuse to withdraw their diplomats in response to Maduro's demands. That's our show for this week. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you have subscribed, thank you, and please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.